everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Uncorked Corner podcast. Today, we are welcoming Anthony from Bar Taco to talk to us about their special celebration for Margarita March and, of course, everything that Bar Taco has to offer. So before we get started with the margarita details, can you give us a little bit of background on who you are and how you got into the food industry? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Anthony Valletta, president with Bar Taco. Um, I'm one of the crazy ones that was always in this industry from when I was very young. I uh, started washing dishes at a sports bar because I wanted to make some money to buy a car and just kind of never got out. Um, worked internationally from startups to corporates to domestic. Um, just always loved all aspects of the business and came across Bar Taco, an amazing brand. Been with them for about 18 months and uh, never looked back. It's been an incredible journey. Perfect. Thank you for that. And talk to us a little bit. I know you said you've been with Bar Taco for 18 months now, but give us a little bit of the history of Bar Taco, how it started and sort of how it got to where it is now. Yeah, um, we're, we're past our decade mark. We started in Port Chester, New York. Um, we were originally a company called Barteca. So it was Barcelona and, and Bar Taco were the two brands that we had. And uh, our CEO now, one of the co-founders and the two founders of, of Barcelona, um, I really missed the first financial crisis back in 08, 09 is when Bartaco was really kind of founded. Um, we took the Barcelona chefs that were known for really bringing great tapas food um, to uh, to the markets we were in. And the two of the founders took a trip to Uruguay and then they came back and they were actually up at the taco trucks on 95 in Connecticut. They said, there has to be a way to do tacos with that beach feel we got from Uruguay. And, and the baby that came of the two was Bartaco. Um, and it was this really you know healthy small bites tapas style taco joint it was before people were doing tacos in restaurants it was always you know uh, taco bell was really the leader back then um and we wanted a place that felt like an escape and felt like it was a relaxed environment like you walked into someone's beach house and could just drink great fresh squeezed margaritas and eat killer tacos and not leave feeling like you just had a behemoth of queso dip um it's just as much about how you feel when you leave as when you go in um, as we evolved, the whole menu is gluten-free outside of our desserts. So we really kind of took that, that dietary healthy approach out of the gates and continued to evolve since then. But we've got now 25 locations across the eastern seaboard, um, kind of Midwest and Colorado, uh, and opening up uh, about a half a dozen more this year. Um, so it's been an amazing journey to see how it started from a small place on the water in Port Chester in New York to now this um, nationwide you know, 25-unit restaurant group. Excellent. Yeah. And I know we're really here to highlight Margarita March and margaritas are going to be the focus of most of our conversation today. To kick us off, I just had a couple fun facts that I found about margaritas. I figured just to get it started. Oh, nice. First one being that margarita is actually the most popular cocktail in the United States, which I don't think is super surprising when you think about what else is out there. I don't know what else is as universally loved as a cocktail as a margarita. So that For one sure. made some pretty good sense to me, but the one that really caught me off guard, and this one I'm going to actually ask you a question. Do you know what the yeah. world's largest margarita ever was? Oh, I do not. That's an interesting question. I can only imagine. <laughs> yep. So there was a uh, the Flamingo Hotel's Margaritaville Casino in Las Vegas decided to do it and do it big, and they ended up Fortune spending Vegas. Yep, 300 hours and 60 people made a 17-foot-tall margarita that it held 8,500 gallons. So that was a Jeez. 
It's a large margarita. I want to be at the party that drank that afterwards. That I was going to say, I mean, who is drinking this margarita? <laughs> but I will say, literally, that's... I know with Bar Taco, a big point uh, from everything that we tasted when we were testing the margaritas was freshness. In 300 hours to make one margarita, it couldn't have been the freshest uh, produce that was going into that one. Most, most likely not. Most likely not. It's actually funny. Tequila has now surpassed vodka in the United States as the number one selling spirit. Um, another interesting fact, which is not a surprise given the normal uh, cocktail features we've been seeing. Absolutely. And I'm a huge tequila drinker myself. And since that's kind of the cornerstone of all of these margaritas, let's talk a little bit about that. So I believe it's uh, Lila Buela that you guys have as your house tequila. Tell us a little bit about that yeah. and how that came to be. Yeah, so back in the Barteca days, um, we had a beverage director named Gretchen who went down and was looking for a Hoven tequila and, and kind of helped create this this blend that we call Libelula, which actually translates to dragonfly in Spanish, which is our logo. So you can kind of see the, the synonymous nature of it. Um, and we were utilizing that in our house margarita. And since then, Libelula has grown to amazing feats and, and we've grown with them and they've been an amazing partner. Um, but using a Hoven tequila versus most people use that tiers of Ava Blanco as your house one and then Reposado as your elevated and Anejo if you want to go that level. The Hoven is beautiful. The flavor is amazing. We actually just took our um, uh, food and beverage team to the distillery uh, just in January. Um, so able to go down there and actually uh, be part of the process. But uh, amazing partnership, Stellar Tequila. And it's, it's one of the I iconic pieces of our margarita tied up with the Combier, which they're actually in charge of as well. So both those main spirits in our margarita are driven by the same company. And you had mentioned you're a beverage director, but when it comes to these margaritas, is this more of like a uh, group effort where you have a team working on these different flavors? Did you have a, certain bartenders picking and choosing and kind of throwing their ideas in a hat? How did these come about? And uh, Nick and I can talk a little bit about our favorites because we had a blast trying these, but um, we'd love to know a little bit more about how they kind of came to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you guys had a blast trying them. Uh, great location in Boston you guys went to. Um, so we, we always, when we come to Marg March, we did take a different approach this year is that we actually went and said to all of our staff, we sent an email to the whole company and said, hey, Margarita March is coming. Um, we want your ideas. So send us recipes you have, inspiration, uh, even if they went to a restaurant and something just kind of spoke to them, we asked them to send the ideas over. And we received a, a, a really good chunk of submissions. And then our beverage manager, Yogi, um, took all of them and really refined them and narrowed it down. I think the first tasting we did was, oh gosh, um, maybe a dozen and a half margaritas. But when you taste 18 all at once and you're refining, um, that's a it's a fun day, but it, <laughs> it gets a little challenging an hour in. But we um, we started narrowing them down and we got it down to about 10. And then from there, it was more about how this how the flavors play and not trying to have the same profile each week. We always try to do one that's coming up this upcoming week for St. Patrick's Day, it has to be green. Um, so you want a green margarita that kind of comes off there. And then we always kind of finish with, with a staple, something that we think is really gonna stay on the menu. And each year we've had one, the Pineapple Express was last year, was our best selling one uh, of the five weeks. And that actually stayed in the menu for the entire summer. So not only do we get submissions from our staff, but then we allow the guests to kind of determine what's gonna stay on the menu because they tell us by the order. So. It's been really fun to kind of see how it evolves every year. It's a little bit different. 
And speaking of the green cocktail, I thought it was so interesting that one of them was more of the consistency and kind of idea of what was similar to a green smoothie. So it was a little bit on the creamier side. That was the first time I've ever seen a margarita that was that texture and made that way. Um, of course, they walked us through it. But do you think that's something that you'll continue working on and adding to the menu? Or is that kind of just something that you're testing out for fun? We always test for fun. Like we tried an avocado margarita one year, um, like totally fun and different. Um, so we're not objective to trying anything. And it's a fun time for us to do some R&D and people are excited. You know, spring is coming and National Margarita Day is the kickoff of it. And um, I think for us, we're always looking for ways to innovate and get creative, but not, you know, stray too far away from who we are in our heart and soul, which is really simple, really quality ingredients. Absolutely. And I know you guys have a few and it seems like every week you're featuring a different one throughout March. So take us through the five options here, just a quick rundown of each of them. And you don't have to go crazy with the, all of the individual ingredients, but the general flavor profiles that you're getting out of each of them. Yeah, I think each one went, you know, a, a little bit different route, but the, the melon and berry was kind of the theme. If you look at a, at a lot of what we did, but you know, we, we had a, a drink that um, will come on the menu later on this year, but it's called smoke in the water. And people love that watermelon margarita flavor. So we wanted to find some way to grab that margarita watermelon flavor and use that as kind of a base. So that was that was the, the premise on one of our cocktails. The other one was kind of this wild berry feel of like, how do you take all these beautiful, you know, strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, all these things that we were playing around with individually. We said, how do we pull that kind of into one and really make that something that, um, you know, comes forward. And um, that, that kind of inspired our second cocktail you know, the, the third piece, and I've gotten a lot of slack, especially from my wife. We didn't call it Lavender Haze after Taylor Swift's song or whatever it may be. But um, just we found some inspiration from those flavors from that lavender syrup. And we thought it was just a little bit different. And it really created like a nice depth to the margarita and balanced off the remaining ingredients. And then with the St. Patrick's Day one, um, Yogi, our, our beverage director, just he was like looking into drinks and he had a rosemary one. And he had a kiwi one and then he was he had a vanilla syrup and all of a sudden he's like what if i just took this and put it all together um and we're like i don't know let's give it a try and we're sitting there at the bar and all of a sudden everything came together and it just this depth of flavor with all of those together was really cool and and not something you'd think that would go together in a glass um like none of those normally you'd sit down and say let's put these together it seems normal and it kind of created that interesting texture that bianca you talked about so it was really fun. Um, and oddly enough, the last one, um, we were going to repeat the Pineapple Express to launch it for the season. Um, but yellow chartreuse is actually on a, on a really, really uh, tough demand right now. You can't get yellow chartreuse. And we got inspired by this, this green juice that we see everywhere, right? All these juice shops and it, it's coming to be the new craze. And we said, what if you could have your vegetables and your tequila too? Um, so we worked on building a really fresh made green juice that, that we've seen out in, you know, health stores and in places across the country and replaced our fresh squeezed lime with that and our, our tequila. And we drank and we're like, oh my God, th this is it. Um, with a little tahini rim that gives it a nice little type of flavor, you know, that, that depth of flavor. We had it and oddly enough, little known secret, we opened our East Nashville store and they're not doing Marg March, but we opened with the green margarita as their feature and it outsold our regular margarita. Um, it's first week opening. Um, so that's the last one that's coming up. Um, we're, we're real excited about it, but every flavor kind of different story and the names, we let our beverage manager uh, come up with the names of them. And each one actually was 
some sort of inspiration. One was a place, he, an apartment he grew up in when he first started with Bartaco. So we named it after the, the, the address from there. So everything's got a fun kind of cool story behind it, but we like to kind of take its own shape and let the guests take it for what they think uh, during their time, you know, trying each margarita week after week. And they're all so colorful. I think that was my favorite part was, you know, you can get a, a classic spicy margarita and it's typically just a very neutral, like light, almost white-ish color. And Nick and I love a spicy margarita. We've had different tequila brands on here. We've talked about them. We've made them. Uh, but these were just so vibrant. I don't even know, how, like the first thing about making a a drink that is that colorful. <laughs> we're working on it. We're getting better. <laughs> but uh, it's for anyone who hasn't seen them. If you go on Bar Taco's social feeds, you can see tons of pictures. You guys do a great job with videos and kind of being able to see everything. They are the most colorful margaritas I've ever seen in a lineup. So a lot of fun just to look at them. Um, we obviously took lots of pictures and we'll be sharing those too, but I just had to point that out because for anyone that's just listening that might not have seen them yet, definitely worth giving them a look. Maybe trying your hand at recreating them at home, but with all those fancy homemade syrups and stuff, I don't think that I could even come close to making them as tasty as they are. No, we, we love that part. And honestly, like everything that we use, it's all fresh squeeze, all fresh made juice. So those those berry flavors, that watermelon and like all those things, it's it's as fresh as fresh can be. So that's where you get those really big colors. I think you eat with your eyes too, right? Those come to the table and you saw them, you know, when you photograph them, they pop. And we, we love, when we lined up that vertical for some of our photography you'll see on Instagram, it just looks so cool. It's like this beautiful margarita rainbow. Uh, and to us, that was just a really powerful thing to, to be able to share with everybody. Absolutely. And when it comes to freshness too, I know with the green margarita in particular, they were telling us the bartender that was making about the shelf life being only a few hours there. So making multiple batches of that juice to make sure it's as fresh as possible throughout the day, which we thought was really cool kind of having one for the lunch and one for the evening there. My personal favorite, I think if I had to pick out of the line, lineup might've been that kiwi vanilla one, that one that you wouldn't really put everything <laughs> together. That one was amazing. We tasted that. It's just tasted so fresh. The flavors all played so well together and it was super, super drinkable. That's uh, definitely one of the highlights of my uh, time there tasting those margaritas. No, I love hearing that. And our, it's funny you mentioned the freshness. We're I'm, I'm overly neurotic about it. When I joined the company, we actually uh, did like a true case study and compared it to a, a chemical engineer that went through this and tested the acidity level of a lime squeezed every 15 minutes for 24 hours. And we tested those pH levels to understand where is the exact cutoff where that flavor changes and that froth that you get from the drink changes. Um, and that's the dead cutoff. And we had the same thing with green juice. Uh, we, we made it and then we literally kept making it every four hours and tested it and waited for that one small variance. We're like, that's it. It's got to go away. So the, the goal is that everything is literally almost as, as fresh as, as we possibly can get from the juice of the glass. Yeah, it's amazing. And then one of the things that definitely leads to that that also impressed me, and this isn't necessarily a bar taco only thing, but those juicers that they had there, at least in that Boston location, I think they were called the Rashans or something. I don't have a bartending background, but those crazy juicers, they were getting those going and it was amazing. It was the most efficient squeezing. I would make a lot more fresh squeeze drinks if I had one of those at home. It's definitely being added to my bar soon. They're, they're amazing. You can always tell a bar taco bartender because one arm's really big from squeezing so many juices. But it's uh, on Cinco de Mayo last year, I'll never forget, I was in our store in Atlanta and I was helping prep. And Yogi, our bar manager, has done this for eight years. 
was squeezing limes next to me and I couldn't keep up. And like I had calluses on my hands and like, but it's, it, it makes a difference. I mean, if you taste the margarita fresh from our bar and then you taste the margarita that, you know, with lime juice even a day old, it is like night and day. And we're, we're fanatical about making sure our guests get that, that exceptional lime juice. Yeah, that's something that we've heard across the board. I think anytime we've had a cocktail artist on, uh, making their own syrups and squeezing fresh citrus was like the number, the two biggest things. I'd say the number one most important thing was just like fresh ingredients. And it's, you think about it, it's Absolutely. like, yeah, a lot of it does come from the, you know, skill and like being able to pair flavors. But a huge part of that is just having those flavors stand out on their own anyway. And I think that. Um, Absolutely. Definitely was the case, but the violet haze was my favorite, not only because of the color, but just the flavor was just so different. I really liked that. Um, and I loved that they, I believe it was a dehydrated lemon wheel, a lemon slice. Um, and that was really yeah, cool. That's correct. Yeah, have fun with garnish. We're trying to get too fancy. Like we don't like things on fire and, you know, have like arms coming out of your drink, but we want it to be simplistic and, and, and really fresh and really fun looking. And that contrast of color with that lavender haze is also really cool. But that beautiful pop of yellow on top of that purple base. So we're really proud of that one. The Seaport location is also, uh, for anyone local to Boston, I know we're probably going to have listeners in a variety of places because you are in quite a few different cities. Um, but for our, our friends in Boston, which is a big portion of our audience, um, and New York as well, we have a lot of everyone from New England. Um, but, uh, that location is so great because it's just walking distance from downtown. It's really convenient to be able to go over there, go shopping for the day, come back over for lunch, margaritas. Um, but it's also really close to like where we work. So I think it's, it, it's a definitely a great spot for anyone, even if it's just like drinks after work. Um, so I just wanted to call that out too, because for our listeners who are a little bit all over the place, um, our Boston friends, definitely a great place to visit. I love it. It's it's close to home. I'm a Boston native. Um, at heart, I, I live in Connecticut now, but um, I actually used to work in Seaport before Seaport was what it was today. Um, so that one is a special place in my heart that I started working in a restaurant in Seaport before anybody even thought it was a good idea. Um, so that's the killer location. And we've actually got one opening up in Brookline in a few months, and we're actually going to be opening up in Fenway uh, as well. So we're excited to make Boston awesome. uh, a, a really great market for us, uh, for all of your listeners. That's excellent. Now, I'm sure you knew this was coming at some point, but I'm going to make you choose one of these margaritas for this year. That's your favorite. <laughs> and then even between this year and last year, you know, which one uh, is there one that stands out between the two years as your all time favorite so far? Yeah, this one's definitely the green margarita. It's, it's the last week that that green juice is just something about it. Like it drinks so smooth. It, to me, it's um it's what the brand's about. Like green juice still has that health component, but the tequila makes it fun. And that's what our brand is. We sell fun, but we're healthy vibe. We've got good quality ingredients and that's really what we're all about. Um, so I think that's my favorite uh, of this year. I think all time um, it's the smoke on the water. Um, so it's a, it's a mezcal base. I kind of love those smoky flavors. I love uh, mezcals and bourbons and things like that. Um, but that one's one of my absolute favorites. Um, that, that might sneak its way back on later this year, potentially, um, just a little tip for the viewers, but that's probably my all time that we've done so far, um, is a smoke on the water. That's one that I'll definitely have to go back in to try. I'm right with you there on the, uh, smoky drinks. And whenever I see a good looking mezcal cocktail on a menu, it's always one that I jump at. For sure. I'm with you. 
And Nick and I obviously have to come back to try the the food venue. We haven't, you know, we love tacos. We're a big taco family. Can you tell us a little bit about the menu how it's, and how it's curated? Are you changing that out as often as you're changing the drinks out? And um, I imagine everything is very fresh there too, but just give us a little bit of insight into what the menu creation process looks like too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, all of our tacos have been fresh to order. They're, they're basically two or three bites meant to be smaller so you can experience a ton of them. Um, and the menu creation, you know, we, we've done some different things. We do like on that, that beverage chip I talked about, um, we do a lot of try to get inspiration trips from either Mexico or coastal California or South America to really get ideas for new kind of flavors of tacos. The fun thing about our brand is people associate tacos with Mexican, but we're really a coastal brand. We, we mentioned Mexican, but we have Asian influences. We've got South American influences. We've got Mexican influences. Um, you know, we, if you look at the menu, there's, there's all uh, inspiration from different parts of the world, which makes it fun for us. Um, but for us, we actually, um, we do change the menu out seasonally, probably two, three times a year with some, some items, but we have a secret taco um, that we run in the series of about every six weeks. Uh, and that's kind of our, our research and development. Um, we try, whether it's fun things or fun player profiles or fun cooking techniques. Um, so we always mix them up. And then if they perform well, that's how we, we kind of continue to curate the menu. We allow the guests to help curate the menu without knowing it. So if the if they order the, the secret taco more than something else in the light category, we'll make that swap. And it's so funny when we change a secret taco, we get so many comments saying, keep this one on for good. Like our loyal guests know that there's some power there and, and they try to flex the muscle as much as they can, but um, it's fun. And then we've got a whole not taco section that is all their inspiration, whether it's birrias or salads or soups, um, you know, plantains, um, all different things from kind of all different inspirations. So the menu's fun, but it's meant to be able to be shared and, and to be a fun experience to, to explore the menu. And I think the best part is there's so many different ways to eat at Bar Taco. You can go in and just get tacos. You can get a rotisserie chicken. You can get some snacks. Like it allows this amazing frequency of our guests where you could dine five times in a row and feel like you've dined at five different types of restaurants because of the way you eat, um, which is really fun to hear that for our guests. And what's your favorite menu item? If you were going in and you just have like that one thing that you love, what are you going for? Duck birria. Um, by far, it's the best. So it's, it's our duck, little tamarind sauce, the melted cheese, pulled over like quesadilla dipped in our homemade birria sauce. It's really slow cooked. Um, to me, it's it's phenomenal. Flavors are exceptional, um, especially this time of year when it's nice and cold. It, it feels like a nice kind of warm, warm me up type of meal. That sounds delicious. And I want to ask a little bit more about those secret tacos. So if someone's going into a bar taco, how do they know to order those? Is that something that's, you know, out there on a, is there a secret menu or is that a special that the uh, waiters bring around? Yeah. So um, in the old school days, before we did digital dining, which we are now, uh, you had to just know about it and then you'd ask. Um, now in the form of digital, um, it's always in our taco selection. It's kind of like, if you know about it, it's there. Um, so it's, it's, I guess it's a not so secret, secret taco anymore, but it's a, it's a fun planet, but, um, we've now put up on social and it's amazing that we've had people that see it and say, oh my goodness, that's my favorite. I'm coming back for it. Um, it's almost like that McRib fad, right? Oh my God, it's back again. I have to run out to bar taco. And right now we have our avocado taco, which is a really big fan favorite. And it's incredible to see guests that literally see the launch and it's, they are there religiously trying to keep going. So not as much of a secret as it used to be. 
And the environment inside of Bar Taco is really, I want to say like laid back, but also just like a great friendly kind of environment that you just want to hang out in. I imagine that's the vibe you're going for, but when we haven't been to any of your other locations. So when it comes to the actual location and like place setting of that, what can our listeners expect to find when they're going um, to dine out at a Bar Taco? That's a great question. Um, like I said earlier, Bar Taco is meant to be an escape. Like we want you to feel like if you didn't know any better, your your toes were in the sand and there's some like, you know, fun kind of vibe, beachy music playing behind you. And we've got all these design features that are really meant to enhance that from the basket life in all of our locations, um, you know, right down to the natural wood countertops and different wood pieces. All of the art in the restaurants is actually all from one of our founders, Sasha, um, from his travels around the world. So it's meant to kind of transport you to all these cool places. So the feel is exactly that. It's meant to have a vibe. It's meant to feel super relaxed, super beachy, but really fun. Um, and, and people can use it in, in many different ways, whether it's just going in and you know, sandals, uh, a bathing suit and a t-shirt or going in after a long day of work and loosening the tie. Um, but we really want to be an escape. We want you to feel like in the middle of, you know, February in Boston that you can walk in and get a little bit of that beach and mountain feel. Like I kind of got away from the freezing cold, you know, wind and waters of seaport. Absolutely. And that definitely comes through when you walk in there. It's super, uh, you know, it was clean and modern in that location, but at the same time, all that natural wood really just kind of warms it up and you see all the pictures of the beaches and the water all over the walls in there. And it definitely uh, brings you sort of that beachy vibe. Yeah. And seaports are fun when we've got two themes and we open up in Denver, the mountain theme. So the more of the richer tones of those natural woods and we found seaport, you know, an iconic four point, all that natural brick. We wanted to make sure we really pulled that out and brought the character of the neighborhood in. So that's a really fun design for us. Um, a lot of the restaurants that are across the country have what we call the standard white and blue, more of those kind of beachy feel colors. Seaport's got a little bit more of that kind of mountainy, cozy feel to it, um, which we're really proud of. We've got a, a handful of locations that are now using that as inspiration, but that's a really fun building, the historic Fort Point. It's always nice to be able to, to accent that location. Yeah, and a big part of your social presence is sharing the outdoors and sharing environments. For those locations that you have, what would you say are like the standout locations that like you can really go and dine out at a bar taco with the view? Wow. Um, I mean, I like to say they're all standout, of course, but um, I, I think a few of a few of my favorites. We have one in Boulder, Colorado, that I think is just exceptionally beautiful. You know, it has that mountain feel. We've got two stories of all glass. The basket lights look like they're floating. Um, interior has got this really beautiful, you know, all wood walls. Um, it just feels incredible. Um, we open up in Wynwood in Miami, um, a really, really special design building. We actually have a secondary concept called Parada, um, kind of a grab-and-go taco uh, place as part of it. But the wood that we actually made the bar of um, was pulled from the bottom of the Hudson River. Uh, it was these old railroad track wood, and we actually reclaimed it. And it's this beautiful, natural-finished um, wood top. Um, the feel of it's just so cool. It's an amazing neighborhood in Wynwood. We've got this beautiful mural outside. So um, it's hard to say which one is, is kind of the, the iconic because each one of them, we try to take a little piece of the community that surrounds us and bring it in, whether that's Fort Point with the natural you know, brick, whether that's Wynwood with, the, with this beautiful graffiti mural. Um, you know, everyone kind of takes a little piece of the community with it. So it's, 
it's hard to pick a favorite. Um, it's like picking your favorite child, right? Like you can never really do it, but we've got some amazing ones to see. And you've been there for, you said 18 months. So before you joined Vartaco, were you very familiar with, I know you were still in the F&B space, but were you familiar with the kind of like Mexican slash Spanish inspired food style, or is this something that you just jumped into at first? No, very familiar. I mean, I, I've been following Barteco for a long time. I've always been really admired what they've done from Barcelona and Bartaco. So I was extremely familiar with the brand in general and with the way of dining very much so. I mean, I, I studied abroad and spent some time in, in Spain and really got to appreciate, you know, that, that style of dining even before it was a big thing in the United States. Um, I worked for a Michelin chef out of, out of San Francisco and his inspiration and creativity just led so many amazing ideas. And we actually built the concept around the top of style of dining but using uh, international barbecue as a flavor. So it, 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 I've always been infatuated with it. I think it's about an experience and you experience when you dine out is just as much about who you're with and how you experience the food together. So to me, I think it's a cool way to sit at the table and we all get to experience the food in a different manner and light. And I think that's what's why the States are so craved now by this element of sharing and, and community at a table. And it really speaks to our brand. And when you're not having tacos and margaritas, what is your personal go-to for cuisine style? Man, that's a tough one. Um, I love sushi. Like I, could, I think I could, if I wasn't eating tacos, I could probably eat sushi every day. Um, but as an Italian at heart, of course, it's kind of hard to pass up a, a really <laughs> nice plate of fresh-made pasta. <laughs> Well, that's so. Uh, that's all great. We, I, I can't pass up a plate of pasta either. I think I've had pasta three nights <laughs> in a row. Um, <laughs> we appreciate you coming on. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we wrap the episode? No, I mean, um, super excited to uh, have you all in, and super excited to have you all give feedback on the margaritas. Um, we're we're looking forward to entering a bunch of new neighborhoods. We'll, we'll you'll be seeing us in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, Bucktown, Chicago, and Coconut Grove, Miami, all coming up really soon. So we're Super excited to grow and, and really thankful to uh, for you guys to have me on and talk about our margaritas. And um, yeah, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for taking the time to come on and join us. We'll look forward to posting. I know we got some great videos of the margaritas being made in action. So that's going to be cut together and posted pretty soon. But again, thank you so much. We look forward to trying even some of the new locations here and getting back to Bar Taco. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much. uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening.